This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and a warm welcome from Barangaroo Studios. This is The Call. So 10 stocks picked by you. You're probably familiar with the format, but if you're new, you're going to love it. Two expert guests. And in 60 minutes, they give you really definitive calls on buy, hold, or sell. This is Monday, the 2nd of May. And really pleased to have with me here for the full hour, Francesco Destratus from Ord Manette and Mark Gardner from Macro Capital. Francesco, Today. it's been a long time been since long I've time seen you since in person. Yes. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming in. Is Pleasure. this going to be a habit? Uh, I think so. I'll, I'll get back in the office. I mean, I'm back. In, I mean, I've been in the office the whole time, but um, I think uh, you know, getting out of the office and moving around is much better than just sort of trying to hide from any COVIDs or anything. Like yeah, that. yeah. No, I'm in that same camp, and I suppose too. Um, clients might want to see you a little bit more when um, we've got markets going through this type of. What do we do? We call yeah, it turmoil. Surprise, yeah, turmoil. Well, the, I mean, clients just prefer to be con- in contact. Um, but surprisingly, a lot of the older elder clients have, have actually uh, taken up the Zoom meetings and things yeah. like that. And so not everyone, but look, some people have adjusted quite well to it, I think. Yeah. Are, are clients nervous? I mean, maybe I'll ask you, Mark, um, because we saw that big fall in New York on Friday. I mean, the local market, as we record now, is down pretty significantly as well. Do you sense that there's a bit of a change in sentiment coming through? Look, there's a little bit of hand-holding going on for the more risk-averse investors, but, um, but primarily, look, we're not in, we're not in tech, we're not in um, high-growth stocks, and we haven't been since the start of the year. So, you know, it's been more of a buying opportunity days like this for us, and we sort of always tend to try and keep some... Um, We've very much refined the amount of stocks we're looking at now. We're, you know, it's, the basket's really shrunk, but um, so we're really focusing on the higher quality stuff and then trying to you know, have some cash there for buying dips, etc. Um, so, yeah, look, it's, it's just a you know, down market. You've been through approach these differently. cycles before. Uh, many, many of these. So, so have yeah. you, Francesco. I mean, are you looking for quality? Are you looking for any particular strategy in these times? Yeah, look, um, I think what Mark said there, you know, keep it a bit, bit of ammunition dry is always good, um, and not being too too hasty at, at you know seeing a uh, initial drop and just jumping in straight away. But look, we're looking, for, we're, we're always looking for quality. I mean, you know, our portfolios tend to stick towards the the, the ASX two hundred, and then tinker on the signs with a, a few small to mid caps if you like. Um, you know, you'll find in, in times like this, you know, these high PE stocks, particularly in the tech sector and that, will get hit pretty hard. Um, but a lot of your, your traditional conservative stocks, you know, your BHPs and, and things, you'll probably find this is providing a pretty good trading range. Got it. Well, there are some top 200 companies on the list today. Really looking forward to this first half hour. Just to get you across what's coming up, we'll be discussing JB Hi-Fi, Sandfire Resources. 
Megaport, which has come under a lot of pressure, Brambles and NIB Holdings. So looking forward to that, but uh, let's start with the stock of the day. And I thought we should take a look at Aussie Broadband, which is usually a really favored stock here on the call. In fact, many of our expert guests point to customer reviews and recommendations saying that this is a much loved company, not just in terms of an investment, but uh, users as well. Today though, down by as much as 20, 20 and a half percent as we record this program, on track for its worst day ever if these losses hold until the end of the session. It's down after upping its full year earnings guidance from 27 to 28 million dollars. What it's done is it's actually tightened the estimate range for its full year earnings and that's before transaction costs excluding any contribution from over the wire, that acquisition there. It says that gaining mobile only customers has proved challenging and uh, that issues regarding supply of mobile handsets to its customers are continuing. So what are of our experts make of the update? Has Aussie Broadband been treated too harshly today? Is it potentially a bit of a buying opportunity? I think we'll start answering some of those questions with Francesco Distratus from Ord Manette. Francesco, Aussie Broadband. Yeah, not, a, not uh, look, I don't think it was too bad a quarterly update. Um, like you mentioned, they narrowed their their um, their guidance. Uh, you know, the bottom the bottom end of the range they kept the same, and they brought the top end of the range. So, you know, from a guidance perspective, it's not going to be. Um, if you're expecting at the top end of the range, it, it won't be as good as as you thought it might be. Um, our analysts have do have a buy recommendation on it. It is under review after today. Um, so trimming the. When you trim that guidance on a on a PE, a high PE stock, they're going to get hit pretty hard. So you know it's down what twenty percent, as you said. You know it's on a PE of about sixty, seventy times earnings. Um, but their earnings just because they've trimmed their guidance doesn't mean that growth isn't still there. It's just not as much growth as it might have been. And our analysts, and, and again, they'll be trimming their numbers. But yeah, they got their PE dropping to about twenty-three times in the following year and, and into mid-teens the third year. So they're still seeing significant growth I think this is probably just more of a hiccup in their in their growth side of things um, you know I, you mentioned the over the wire transaction uh, they're seeing that as being on track uh, subscribers they, they're seeing some good growth in their um, uh, broadband subscribers um, so, so it's not as if there wasn't any growth there it's just that it's it's there's not as much growth so look I, I, I'd be patient and just see what the analysts come up with it with with it tomorrow but to me it looks like over the next week or so there might be some opportunity to buy in so no rush, no rush, no rush to do so today. No. Great. If you already own it, you'd be holding it. I'd be holding for yeah. sure. So yes. do you think that Aussie Broadband is perhaps being treated extra harshly today because of the selling that we've seen in tech? And again, we continue to see a lot of those high growth names kind of come um, under pressure. I think it's probably, if you go back and have a look at the, the days where Aussie Broadband's given an update to the market for the last year minimum, um, they've been fantastic updates. And I, and I think it... Um, I think probably half this move is people were just, you know, almost in the routine of expecting that Aussie Broadband always reports fantastic. And as um, as Francesco said, there wasn't really it wasn't that bad. Mm -hmm. So um, I'd be much, I'd be more of a inclined to be buying the dip for sure. Um, I don't think, as I said, we got you know, four four major central banks this week, um, payrolls in another week, and. I don't think you probably necessarily need to be jumping in today, but um, I'd be certainly sort of dollar averaging towards those uh, around towards that four dollar level there that's on the chart. Um, yeah, I, I think 
yeah, it's uh, it's probably just people getting a little bit uh, for sort of you know the expectations is the analyst expectations might be one thing, but the market expectation, given it's been such a great buying opportunity to buy it the day before they report every time. Um, was probably you know that's probably helped with the selling pressure and on top of the fact that the you know the Nasdaq was down four and a bit percent so um, just probably unlucky on the day really I'd, um, but yeah look I'd be I'd be fairly happy to be sort of dollar averaging I wouldn't be buying a full clip here at the moment but um, you know you maybe maybe break it up into four clips and just sort of um, just sort of nibble away at it. It's, uh, I think Koshy sort of added the buy, hold, sell, and nibble. But, oh, uh, <laughs> I might change the rules change today. The rules, yeah, but, that's um, okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, look, I, I, yeah, it's been very hard to get on this stock for a, quite a while. So I think you, you know, and utility sector is relatively defensive, and it's got a bit of a growth um, element to it as well. So yeah, look, I, I'm. I'd be fairly happy to start buying a small amount as of today. So. Okay. Yeah, the there other thing go. there is the, the stock's performed extremely well since it's listed. So right. mm. you've probably got a few profit takers coming mm. out yeah. of the woodwork and saying, well, yeah, I've got some really good gains here. Let's take a bit of this off the table just to lock in some gains. So you know, that, that, that 20% fall today, you know, the, the, I think you can look, look through that and look at a, a number of factors are, 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 are putting it through the ringers. Um, as Mark said, you know, market down, you know, quite substantially as well. Got it. Thank you, guys. That's the stock of the day, Aussie Broadband. Definitely not a, a check it out the window. Just uh, <laughs> got on the watch list for sure as a buy. All right, let's get to the companies that have been nominated by you, our viewers. Thank you so much for doing so. If you'd like to get us to answer one of your questions, you can email us at the call at ausbiz.com.au or you can always tweet us as well. Henry. I think he sent us an email, if I go by memory. Uh, he says that uh, he'd like a view on JB Hi-Fi. He says, I appreciate that it's not the cheapest retail stock, but it's still sitting below all-time highs. So is there more upside? If so, is it a wor buy, uh, worth a buy around these levels? And when he wrote in, it was about $52. Francesco, what do you think of JB Hi-Fi? Shifting sands in the retail space overall. Yeah, look, love the love the company. I, I think this company's done extremely well over the last sort of decade, if you like. Um, it's very well managed. You know, there's there's no sort of not too many bells and whistles to it. Like you know, if you look at Harvey Norman, you know, they spend a very large portion of their budget on advertising and and sponsorship. Um, JB Hi-Fi, you know, they they do things pretty pretty lean. Um, so so from a from a cost of um, good sold point of view, it, it, it operates extremely well. Uh, it trades on sort of a PE of just below 15 times, so it's it's below market PEs as well. Um, I was starting to go off this a little bit because I thought a lot of the um, demand for their products probably brought forward because of COVID. So a lot of people bringing forward uh, purchases of computers and and TV screens and 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 gaming consoles and things like that during um, when we first went into lockdown for COVID because they were stuck at home. Um, but now we're starting to see things pan out a bit more. I mean, in the budget we saw um, an extension to the uh, full deduction mm -hmm. on on um, um, you know small small um, small business uh, investments. Um, so, you know, small businesses buying printers and, and computers and so forth. Um, that all goes well for the demand side of things. Um, and then you've got the, 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 the money that's being handed back to... Um, yeah, there's a huge buyback um, underway. Buyback, yeah. Well, and, and, and also, you know, the government's actually, you know, giving tax offsets to people. Who, and, yeah, they go through the, 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 the cash yeah. registers as well. Um, you know, JB Hi-Fi, everyone was a little bit 
cautious about their acquisition of uh, the good guys, but I think that's been bedded down quite well now. Um, it'll be interesting to see over the next sort of four to five years whether they rebrand that and bring it into under the one brand. Um, but at the moment, it still works well under the two. So, yeah, we like the stock. We're going to buy on it. Um, we think, you know, I don't see the share price taking off, uh, you know, yeah, very quickly because of all the noise going on around the world, um, inflation, yeah, interest rate rises. But, yeah, we still think it's a good steady earner. Solid retailer. Because if you would like some exposure to retailers these days, would you shy away from the e-commerce retailers? I mean, we saw that update from Kogan come last week and it was really negative. Yeah, look, Kogan's a whole different story. Um, it probably not even should be used in the same sentence in exactly. terms of quality so, of business. But yeah, um, yeah look, JB Hi-Fi's price action, considering some of the companies in the retail space have been absolutely battered of late. Um, you know, even, even high quality um, sort of founder-led businesses like Nexcalia down, you know, nearly 40-odd percent in the last sort of three to six months. So the, um, this one's price actions, you know, it's, it's held really strong. It's still maintained that low PE. Um, it's got a great dividend yield. Um, return on equity is fantastic as well, about 35%. So I think there's a lot of the analysts particularly have been, you know, have really been um, pricing in huge downside in the retail sector. Um, I've started to really have you know, a bit of a closer look at the sector overall. I mean, we're probably still a little bit far away from reporting season to um, have a little bit too much volatility in the market just yet to be buying. But, um, but look, JB Hi-Fi, yeah, I, I would echo Francesco's comments. They're a high quality company. Um, they're the, they're, I think they're the best, the highest revenue per square metre of any retailer in the world. They're, um, Every time they've faced a new challenge, they've, they've essentially handled it extraordinarily well, which is a great tick for management. So they are at the top of the range. Um, but yeah, look, I, I, given that, as you can see on the chart there, there's not much pullback, basically. When the market's been dipping really hard, JB Hi-Fi really hasn't been pulling back with the market. And then it's been rallying and outperforming a little bit to the upside when it's, when it's come back. So. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm happy to call this a buy here, but it, um, it's, you know, even though it is towards that top of the range. Um, and yeah, because the results speak for themselves. Quality. So, okay, two buys. That's for JB Hi-Fi. We are on a roll already. All right, let's get to our next <laughs> company on the list, Sandfire Resources. This is for Jason. SFR is the ticker. He says, I've gone in and out of this a couple of times. Price looks like a buy again to him, but he thinks that its main mine is perhaps nearing the end of its lifespan, and there's a risk the new one that the company bought might not maintain production levels. So that's his take on things. Appreciate any insights, he says. Mark, I'll start with you on Samfire Resources. Look, the brokers love this one. It's got, you know, outperforms, buys. Actually, it's just Orbanet with a sell. So let's hear your, <laughs> wait, let's hear what you have to say for Sandfire. Yeah, I think the analyst consensus is for about a 25% upside um, overall. Um, look, for me, we've got Oz Minerals later on in the show today. That's by far my, my preference in the um, in the space at the moment, um, particularly with their expansions. But obviously, there's a, there's a the copper thematics doing really well. There's a structural shortage for at least sort of the next 12 to 24 months. Um, you know, these guys, they're, they're very heavily institutionally owned, um, or 50% plus. Um, they've got a nice low PE. Look, there's nothing necessarily wrong with these guys at the moment, but like I said, boiling down portfolios at the moment, I'm really trying to stick with um, you know, the high, highest quality I can, I can possibly get my hands on and a, and, a, and a little bit more margin of safety, which I think Oz Minerals probably provides. 
Um, it's definitely something that I've, I'll be maybe having a look at when the market calms down a little bit. Um, we get VIX, you know, south of 25 and we, um, we get some certainty on where interest rates are going, etc. So, um, but yeah, look, it's, um, yeah, and look, Peru's, there's some labour issues over there at the moment, which could mm-hmm. take out um, about a fifth of the world's copper supply. So the underlying thematic's going to be good. So, but yeah, look, I would just, I would just prefer Oz Minerals in this space at the yeah. moment. Um, but certainly, if you get in a situation where, which happens quite often, where maybe Oz Minerals takes off and um, Sandfire's lagging, it might be a nice little opportunity to pick up the lager with um, with a with a bit of certainty behind you. Not yet, though. Okay, so yes, yeah, structural structural challenges for copper globally. It also has exposure to zinc, mm. which is a play on the whole European energy shortage. Uh, but Ordmanet has a sell. A sell on Sandfire. Why? Too much risk in the new developments. So I'm going to put it in yeah you know, in just a short span of things. I think Jason's right. You know, with the decline in their main mine. Um, and there are, they have, do have a number of projects, uh, but you know, with that risk comes reward as well. If they pull it off and, and, and things uh, work out better than expected, um, then there's probably potentially a bit of upside. So, so I mean, if Jason's looking at it as a trade, it's probably not a bad trading stock. But if you're looking at it from a, you know, an investment perspective rather than a, a trading perspective, I'd say no. I mean, PEs are relatively low, but if you look across the whole. You know, resources sector, you know, BHPs on sub 10 PEs, you know, depending on your numbers. Um, but, you know, dividends 2% on, on, on Sandfire, where you can pick up a, you know, 7 or 8% dividend fully franked that will grossed up in, in BHP or Rio or something like that. So, um, look, we, we, you know, we have a sell recommendation on it. Our valuation's well below uh, where it's trading at 560. It's, our valuation's around 480. I have seen valuations as high as $8. So, look, there's a broad range of elements mm-hmm. out there. Um, like you said, the consensus is probably on a buy, but I, I'd, be, I'd be saying there's a bit too much risk in, in the new developments. Um, but if you're a trader, that could bring rewards. But you, 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 you're putting a lot of uh, weight on, on the mm-hmm. success of those projects as well. There you go, Sampire Resources. Not a buy from either of our guests. Let's get to the next on the list, and that is Megaport MP1. It's almost become a poster child for what's happened with some of these high growth, high PE stocks here in Australia. So we've wrapped two questions from our viewers into one. First, Luke asks, what are your thoughts on it after that disappointing Q3 result? Does it impact your opinion on the long term? Or again, is this a reflection of short term challenges? And Jason has said, look, points to the fact that it's been smashed along with most tech. So, you know, to the point, are there buying opportunities out there? There's a price for everything. He's saying, is there a good entry point now? Or do you think there is still a lot of potential downside? Well, you never really know that, do you, Mark? So when you look at the fundamentals and you look at how it's been trading, what do you think about Megaport? Well, look, and if you want to... um, (laughs) Just ask a zip investor about catching the falling knife, you know? So, I mean, look, then... It's not, by, it's in the whole space, the company of this profile is a massive avoid at the moment. Um, there's way too much uncertainty. And look, it may, I think you need, I think you need a broader market to stabilise before you even sort of start considering a stock like this. That's not to say it's not a great business, it's, it's a bad business necessarily. Um, but market sentiment the way it is, I mean, you could very quickly be another 15 to 20% out of the money before, you know, the market 
market even turns around remotely in sentiment um, and you know with these sorts of sell-offs they, they can become quite irrational for long periods of time so it's really one where the guidance I would give to my clients and to um, Luke and Jason is just be, be happy to miss the first 15% of when it turns around for the that's that's your price of certainty that's almost your in your insurance policy in buying it is just be just be happy to watch it stabilize and then if sleep you sleep at night yeah sleep at night and push it look once it pushes it gets a couple of decent reports i mean look the company's not doing too bad it's it's not making money but it's losing less money like so look there's positives there but um this is not a you know rising tide floats all boats sort of market at the moment so it's um I mean, this, mm-hmm. this is kind of the boat that's likely got a hole in it somewhere. So it, um, I think you, you, need to, you just need to be patient, wait for it to stabilise, wait for it to um, give a couple of decent reports and, you know, be avoid prepared. Avoid it in the meantime. Yeah, avoid it in the meantime, for sure. Got it. So uh, I guess investors, the sentiment has changed. They're not willing to pay for growth at all costs. They want to know when cash burn will end, when profit. They want a timeline to profitability. Don't they? So what do investors... Particularly when your market's falling at the moment. You know, no one wants to go near a stock that's not making profits, you know. Um, And these guys don't expect to make profits in 2024, I suppose. Maybe 25 before they even do um, break even, let alone make a profit. So, uh, and then when you you see their quarterly update and, yeah, they've got, you know, costs going up by 42% and, um, what is it? Operating expenditure increasing 42% year on year, you know. You know things aren't moving in that in the right direction when you look at those sort of things. So I think there's some time um, before they do um, crack a profit. Um, our analysts have a hold recommendation on it. I'd suggest that if you do own it, okay, hope for the best myself. But um, you know, target price got or, or valuation got reduced from 15 to 11. That's a big drop. They put out another quarterly update, or well, you're looking at the the, the, the final results coming in what another three, two mm-hmm. or three months. Um, and if they miss that again, you could probably expect another sort of 10, 15, 20 percent sell-off in the mm-hmm. stock. So um, tech stocks that are, are you know putting out numbers that um, are below par are getting smacked a lot harder than the rest of the market. So look, I yeah. I think I think if you own the stock and you've ridden it the wave so far, you know, hold's probably not too bad, but you, you, you'd be watching any announcements coming out, um, uh, particularly the final results. Um, you know, I don't mind the underlying business itself. I mean, I do like tech space, but you've got to be fairly specific in what you're looking for. I mean, if you look at a company like Appen, I mean, the recent, you know, they've, they've been hammered from around $40 down to about 6 or $7 they are now. And they're a good company that's making profits. Um, you know, they trade on about sort of 12, 15 times PE, which tech stocks normally trade around 20. So there's a stock that's actually making money and, and it's been hammered quite quite significantly Yeah, it has well. been in a downgrade cycle though. It has been in a downgrade cycle, but it's still trading on a low PE for a, for a tech stock where this one's a mm-hmm. you know, losing company. You know, there's no profits there for a number of years yet. So um, look, um, it, you know, it could put out a good result the next day and you'll probably find a 10-15% upside. That's how volatile these stocks can be. Uh, but uh, your hold's fine with me, I think. But uh, you know, would, you, would you be trading it? No, I think there's other things to do. Got it. Thank you. Let's get on to our next company on the list. And I believe we're at number four. I will be corrected shortly if I'm wrong. 
which is brambles and that is for wendy we don't have any context around what wendy is thinking but uh, we had an update coming just last week from brambles for the third quarter total sales growth was up by eight percent in constant currency terms so pretty consistent with what we've seen over the first and second quarter um, pricing uh, was entirely responsible for the strong growth in the Chep Americas division. I'm reading a bit of analysis from UBS. Um, so UBS at least is confident that margins are at least partially protected during inflationary times. So important right now, Francesco. Yeah, we're well, just pretty much along that line. We've got a buy recommendation on it. And uh, look, uh, you know, I've got many portfolios that are invested in Brambles and have held the stock for many, many years. And yeah, you know, there's moments where you're disappointed, but other moments where you're pleased. Um, you know, we all know what they do. You know, pallets, mm -hmm. logistics. Um, you know, there has so been so important as we're learning in this. Well, world. much more important now. Um, look, there's some issues that that could crop up, but I, I don't think. Um, I think they can be managed well. So obviously, the price of timber is very high at the moment. So you know, most of the pallets they use in their pooling system are timber. They do have plastic pallets, uh, but as we know, there has been competition into this space over the years and fall by the wayside. Um, but it all comes down to the cost of the pallets as well. Um, but um, they are trialling some more plastic pallets with Costco. Yeah. Um, but I think Brambles have got really good experience in this area of the market where they're not going to price themselves to, to, to oblivion. Like, um, I forget the name of the competitor that was financed by private equity, but uh, they've since gone by the wayside. So, uh, But they also have the container business as well. So there's, there's, more, there's a few other moving parts. But look, yeah, they've got contracts with you know Coca-Cola and Pepsi, Costco, Woolworths, you, know, you name it, um, and um, yeah, their system's proven. Yeah, they invented the pooling system, um, and it, it sort of turned their business around. That was probably two decades two decades mm -hmm. ago. So um, yeah, look, we we like the stock, and we think it's a good one for for good um, you know blue chip portfolios. So that's a buy that's from Ward Manette and Francesco Destratus himself. Now, uh, cash generation considering, you've got lumber inflation, you've got an investment in digital, you've got supply chain issues and initiatives and also digital transformation, but it's that plastic pallets piece that is on the cusp of going through with in terms of Costco, but still hasn't made a final decision on that. No, look, at, but they're, they're at the latter half of the CapEx expenditure there from a, a lot of those projects. Um, I'd describe this stock as a, as a good, it's a really good bit of boring. It's a, as it, um, <laughs> I tried to make it exciting. Come yeah. on. <laughs> it's, um, no, look, I, I'm, I'm, again, I, I would echo Francesco's comments, really. It's in, in this sort of environment, a good, a good bit of boring is probably what you're after. Um, and look, they beat in guidance in nearly all categories, and they maintain the dividend payout ratios. Um, obviously, the timber inflation costs, but look, shipping container costs and... The last thing you would want to do with supply chain issues is be mucking around with your um, supplier, your, with your suppliers and your and your shipping people. So look, I think they're going to be. I think they'll quite easily make the the like the massive rally in um, in shipping costs and container price, like the physical container prices, etc. Um, you know, they've seemed to have been largely absorbed, and it seems to be the the. Um, this, the on-sellers problem, realistically, of trying to absorb the mar you know, mm -hmm. absorb the margin um, get, that gets eaten away with that. Um, so yeah, look, the, the plastic pallet thing, obviously, yeah, someone else has come in and tried tried to do it and and fell by the wayside pretty quickly, to be honest. Um, 
So, I, yeah, look, I think they're going to be... They're, they're at a relatively decent... The market took the... The market took the news pretty well, and it, and it jumped up from about was it uh, nine fifty or so to about ten dollars fifty. But even still here, um, I think they can. I think they can sort of continue to rally. So yeah, I'm happy to call it a buy as well. Great, wonderful. That's two buys for Brambles. I know uh, our producer Libby's keeping notes. Uh, let's get to the <laughs> last one before we have a little bit of a sip of water, and that is NIB Holdings. NHF is the ticker code. This is for Abigail, who says that NIB looks to be on an upwards trend. Is it a good way to get into insurers to take advantage of the unfolding macro environment? So obviously, private healthcare provider, it's uh, on an advertising blitz, I've noticed, around Sydney these days. Uh, NIB, what do you think? Would you be interested in being some in some of these private uh, private providers? Yeah, look, there's there's a mar- there's a definite margin of safety there. Um, found from the general insurers, um, obviously there's there's a massive issue with how they're pricing their risk due to the you know weather weather pattern changes for global warming. Um, so it, you know if you have to pick an insurer, then you know maybe. Maybe the healthcare insurance sector. Um, they get. I think they've um, they've got a travel insurance part of their business as well. It'll start to come back um, with uh, with all the reopening. I think Qantas and the travel stocks are doing really well today. Um, I think you know, US is particularly leading that charge. The travel stocks have been you know going going nuts. To, you know, or, or very much holding in quite well or rallying on days where the where the market's down. So that part of the business might come back pretty nicely. Um, it's, and there'll be a lack of competition, I, I would I would imagine, in that space because there would have been a lot of a lot of providers that went by the wayside over the COVID period as well. So um, that can give it some growth potentially. But because it's a tough business, the, your upside's pretty capped with the government, um, you know, government mandates that you know they, they keep the prices low. Um, it, but it's got great management. It's a consistent performer. There's mm-hmm. a margin of safety. It's got a three and a bit percent dividend yield. Um, a pretty consistent return on equity. Um, Buy, hold, yeah, or sell? Uh, I'd just say a hold for now. Um, but yeah, it's not something that necessarily excites me. But if, yeah, but yeah, interesting. Let's see company. if Francesco's excited. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, look, it, it, it trades, it's pretty fully valued. It traded over 20 times. Um, and, you know, healthcare insurers don't have a great deal of growth in their earnings. Um, as Mark mentioned, you know, they're capped. They, when, whenever the prices rise, the government obviously steps in and it's, it's monitored and managed. So I don't see a great deal of growth in it. Um, it's trading above our valuation of... Uh, of 620 I think and it's what is it trading now six well it's over seven dollars mm-hmm. now so um, yeah look not a fan uh, you're probably going to see some increasing claims over the next sort of 12 to 18 months as well because during COVID obviously um, elective surgery was put on hold so yeah people weren't going to the Cairo like everything yeah so you're going to see an increase in that um, yeah so so I th- yeah not not as much exercise Mm-hmm. Kids sport, not as much kids sport, so no less injuries, that sort of stuff. So, so I think um, we'll probably see an increase in claims over the next twelve to eighteen months. So, uh, yeah, look, we've got a lighten on it. Um, yeah, I, I probably agree with what the analysts got to say sell, there. Right? Yeah, basically. Okay. Now that brings us to the halfway point. Not doing too poorly for time either. I'll just run you through what we've learned from our expert guests for the stock of the day in the first five stocks. And so Aussie Broadband, look, 
uh, Francesco just reckons that, you know, it's probably being oversold today based on this news. Overall, the company looks pretty positive going forward. I don't think he's in any rush to buy, so it's not a buy on the day, um, but look very happy holding it and it's one to watch going forward. And I think it's pretty much the same sentiment coming from Mark Gardner from Macro Capital. Uh, look, the business is not a terrible update coming through today by any stretch of the imagination. Just the market got really used to these very big and uh, blockbuster updates coming from ABB. So again, perhaps being punished a bit too much on the day. Now to the companies that you nominated. JB Hi-Fi is the first on the list. Both of my expert guests believe that this is a quality company and that it also is performing really well compared to a lot of the others in the retail space given this environment that we're in. It's a buy from both of my guests. Zenfire Resources for Jason. Look, we'll get to it a little bit later on, perhaps not in a lot of detail, but Mark Gardner would just prefer Oz Minerals in the space. It is though on a watch list for a calmer market and there is the potential to trade if it does lag Oz Minerals particularly on some sort of news. So watch that one. It's a potential trade as well in Francesco's eyes, but he does believe that there's potentially too much risk in the new development. So in line with your thinking, Jason, there's no rush to get into this one either. Now, Megaport, this is an avoid for both of my guests. Mark questions, why would you bother trying to catch a falling knife? You want to sleep at night. You may miss out on 15% upside when things do turn, but there's no telling when that would happen. And Francesco just says, look, when's it going to be profitable? Costs are an issue. That equals cash burn, and that's not good in this environment. Brambles, it's a really good bit of boring, according to Mark Gardner from Macro. And it is a boring is beautiful, I think, for Francesco as well. It's a buy from both of my guests. Now, when we get to NIB Holdings, you've just heard their reasoning. Just to reiterate, it's a hold from Mark Gardner from Macro, and it's a lighten for the guys at Ordbinet and Francis Francesco his, himself. All right, that brings us to the portfolio. And we've got a new sort of format. I'm sure you're across it, but uh, we've got a high conviction fund determined by our investment committee. The next episode of the committee meeting will be releasing tomorrow afternoon at 4.15 live. It'll be put up on the website and the app after that. Uh, so let's just see ahead of that how the portfolio is performing. And I knew it. We saw JB Hi-Fi, Prometicus, Linus, and Insitech Pivot added to the fund this month. So that's on top of the original stocks, 20% still being held in cash. So, so far up marginally 0.2% on a cumulative return basis since the investment committee first met on March the 1st. Keep sending in your requests, keep watching the call, and the companies that our committee will be discussing next time around now will include Brambles as well. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while, and although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools, plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum the CMC Pro accounts at our website. All right, next companies on our list, REA Group, Oz Minerals, Metcash, PointsBet for Gwen, which has been a really volatile company as of late, and then we'll get to New Farm for Stephen, which again, 
has been garnering a lot of attention as we move through this inflationary and interest rate cycle. Also, food inflation becoming a real key point. But let's start with REA Group for Luca saying, are there any thoughts about how this will perform considering all of the talk around housing? I mean, what's new really, but we're hearing a lot about rental pressures, about rising interest rates, rising mortgage rates importantly as well. It's a tech company though. I mean, that's how it's being valued. Uh, do you agree? Yeah, well, I don't agree it's a tech company, but you're right, it, it does get valued as a tech company. Probably, you know, a lot of people saw it as a tech company because they use the internet to ply their trade, if you like. But what um, doesn't I use the internet now? Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. so when you look at a company like this, is, is, it a, is it a tech company or is it an advertising company? I, I would say it's an advertising company myself. So, um, the, the, you know. I suppose that's a bit of semantics, really. But um, look, I, our analysts have got to accumulate. Um, I, I'm not so sure that I tend to agree. I'm not a fan of this stock um, in general. Um, I think it's too susceptible to various externalities, if you like. Um, as we all know, interest rates mm -hmm. are going to go up. Um, and it's probably been through um, you know, a really good period over the last 12 to 18 months. So if it goes through a good period when the market or the property market's very strong, there's a lot of turnover. Um, when rates rise, turnover starts to decline, I think, so I'd be cautious. But just looking at it from a point of view of a short-term investment, I, I think there's probably a trade in it because um, a lot of people do like the stock um, and it has been sold off quite um, substantially. So, um, mm. you know, and I, and I think a lot of analysts around the market do like it. So I think there's a potential trade there. Um, but um, as far as putting it into a portfolio from a long-term investment point of view, um, yeah, look, I, I, yeah, it doesn't excite me in that respect. Thank you. Now, Mark, what's that chart telling you? Is it uh, by the dip kind of narrative? Or again, are there some pretty tough comps to be cycling through now considering what we've been through in the housing market and what we expect to come? Yeah, look, too much uncertainty for me. I'd be a pretty happy seller to get rid of it. Um, you've got a pretty decent alternative in this space as well, being um, obviously Nine Entertainment owns Domain, um, and they're going to have the they're going to also have the tailwinds from the election uh, ad spending and things like that. So, look, if you're really stuck on exposure to this to this particular sector, um, I think that suggests a far better alternative. It's got a much higher dividend yield. This other part of the business is going to do quite well as well. So, and then you're still going to have the exposure in, in the event that. Um, look, I, but you know, singularly on its own, I, I think there'll there'll continue to be a fairly high turnover in the property market, um, and then it may calm down a little bit. But you know, when there's when there's almost a when there's a similar like for like um, business like Nine Entertainment that has the the other part of their business that has, you know, um, that's going to do you know really well over the next sort of probably six six months or so why might you know why would you not be in that um instead you so you're talking be in nine entertainment <coughs> instead of domain itself specifically well nine entertainment obviously has a stake in domain mm -hmm. and um so you're going to get the and they've obviously got the uh, they're going to have the advertising tailwinds so from, that's what you're saying yeah, yeah, so yeah you don't no, need to have this pure play exposure I, to either rea or domain no 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 not necessarily at this <laughs> stage because i it you know there's a, there is a, a lot of uncertainty and obviously if property prices pulling back as the, I think there was something in the IFR this morning that Sydney's pulled back again you know people are going to start to get a little bit tight on um, uh, you know on their advertising spending etc as well so it um, I, I wouldn't have thought 
I wouldn't have thought these guys are going to do as well as what they've been doing um, going forward. So, okay. yeah, it, uh, it's a sell. It's a sell, yeah. Let's get to your view, Mark, on Oz Minerals. You alluded to it earlier. This is for Grayson. Grayson, hi. Thank you for watching. Remember, this is not advice, financial advice for your particular circumstances. This is information only. So you do need to do your own research or get advice from a financial advisor. Um, but Oz Minerals, so you like Oz Minerals. It is a buy. You would prefer to be exposed to the big established players in this space, yeah. but you like the copper narrative overall. I like the copper narrative overall. Obviously, I discussed before the um, issues with Peru, which is one fifth um, of the you know of the world's copper supplies under you know, um, you know union strikes or um, etc. So there's also been issues out of Brazil as well. Um, there's a lot of copper going to be used. Obviously, all the infrastructure spending that went through um, all of that now has sort of started. That you know, all that stimulus during the um, you know during the pandemic. Um, obviously, there's more copper used in an electric vehicle than there is even lithium. So. Um, yeah, look, Oz has got a, and Oz has got a great portfolio of mines that at various stages. Um, the West Musgrave uh, mine, you know, they're going to have a decision on that in the second half of this year. They've proven with their um, Brazil mines that they can get things up and running. They went from study to uh, production within three or well, under three years. Um, one of the mines over there, but that West Musgrave is good. It's also got a lot of nickel as well, which um, I do like. You know, nickel plays. We're you know quite fond of IGO and, and nickel mines. Um, so I think they're just really well placed. I think they're, they're about 20% um, in gold, uh, just about as well in terms of revenue. So, and look, it's, as you can see there on that chart, it's been a great range trade for us. We've been pretty much buying, buying below 24 and selling above 27 a number of times, I mean, even just this year, but um, always maintaining at least a, like a, a half allocation of what we want to have on. And that's, that trade seems to be repeating itself. So. It's um, yeah, below $24 for me, absolutely. Happy to be long in here at the moment. Dividend yield's a little bit lean, but obviously that's, that's part of the expenditure of getting these new Sorry, so up. just for the purposes of the show, you would buy it under $24. So it's not a buy today. Uh, for long-term investors, I'm happy to buy okay. it anywhere around here, yeah. So, but, um, but particularly for, you know, for my clients, the range trade's been un under 24, above 27. It's, it's happened a few times recently. Okay. So... Um, because it, you know, just more more to do with the market volatilities. But um, yeah, the outlook for the underlying is really good. They're being twenty percent gold as well. I think it's going to yeah. if uh, you know there's a lot of gold bulls out there. So might if you if you're sick of uh, waiting for your gold stocks to go up, then maybe you can possibly have a look at this as a bit of a proxy um, mm -hmm. uh, that reduces the risk there. So uh, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm um, we're a big fan of of the minerals okay. overall. Are you a big fan? There, Francesco at Oldman. Um, oh, look, I'm with Mark. I think I prefer this one over Sandfire. Um, but I, I, yeah, we've, I'm probably on the stock itself. I'd be more patient. I think there's a little bit more downside in the in the share price. Um, you know, it trades on a fairly steep PE for me, um, and that's because it has performed really well. So I don't think it's because earnings have declined or anything. Like that. I think the share price has performed significantly well. I think it's got ahead of itself. So I'd be, I'd be, yeah, you know, yeah, I'd be patient on this one. I, I, I do like copper, um, but I think you can get better exposure to it through the the two big miners. 
Uh, I know that's not as exciting as a, as a pure play, um, but you're going to get, and, and particularly from an investment, you know, longer term investor point of view, um, you're going to get a, a, a dividend reward as well as, you know, potential growth from it. So, look, um, I, I don't dislike the company. I think it's a great company, um, but I think the share price is a bit high for um, what I would like to be buying. Okay. That is the verdict on Oz Minerals for Grayson, Metcash for Tyler. No detail on what Tyler is thinking around Metcash, but uh, Francesco, you can look at it in terms of consumer staples overall in the sector and where the most upside could be when you consider yeah. the big, you know, the big, uh, the big boys. Well, well, and yeah, well, out of, out of all the supermarkets, this, this this is the cheapest. You yeah. know, if you look at it from that point of view, but it's cheap, cheaper for a reason. Obviously, Woolies is the is the market leader. Um, you know, it trades on around 20 times, probably a bit higher than that now, uh, whereas Metcash trades on the mid-teens. So, I don't know, I, look, I, I, I don't have a problem buying it. Um, it's, we've got an accumulate recommendation on it. Um, you know, I think some of the things they have to contend with um, are the same things that uh, grocery stores have to contend with um, around the world, as well as Woolies and Coles. Um, you know, supply chain issues, you know, labour labor costs and availability of labour has been a big issue late as well. Um, online shopping's um, obviously another thing that they've got to contend with. Um, but, I, but I think the, 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 the budget recently was very kind to the, the supermarkets in that, um, you know, the cost of living tax offset. You know, most of that money is going to go back over the cash register at the grocery stores, I think. Um, so I think you know the government's done them some favours. So, look, we like the stock. Um, if if I was to hold it in portfolios, I don't have a problem with it. Um, but it's probably going to be a cyclical investment for me. Um, whereas Woolies is probably more of the, our sort of preferred in that space because of its uh, domination in the market. But um, I think there's probably a little bit more growth in Metcash. So we're going to accumulate. Accumulate. So that's a buy, that's a, uh, yeah. for the purposes of this yeah, program, right? Okay, so Mark Gardner, Macro Capital, Metcash. This is a question for Tyler. I think Francesco summed it up. I mean, there's inflation on many fronts when it comes to supermarkets. The question is, will they be able to pass it on? I, I've almost got exactly the same written down here as what Francesco said, basically. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't really have a lot to add to to what he said. I mean, obviously they've done they've done relatively well. There's nothing wrong with the business. They're their IGA sales growth better than pre-pandemic. Um, I'd want it cheaper than here. Um, but yeah, look, given that all of the issues that Francesco outlined there, it's, um, I think I'd prefer to be with a bigger player um, because you would just think that they, they just naturally would be better. They've got more leverage over their, um, over their suppliers um, and they've got more economies of scale. So, uh, and I think it, yeah, absolutely um, would be less of a cyclical play um, to go with Woolworths, say for instance. And there's not a huge amount of difference um, in the stocks. So, I mean, and yeah, I, I just would prefer Woolworths at this stage. But if you could get, if you can get it somewhere around the four dollar mark or below four dollars, you know, it'd say there's say there's a, some panic selling on on a particular day mm -hmm. over the next couple of months, then or you know. May is traditionally not the greatest of months um, in, in markets from a seasonal perspective. You may Nor get a was chance. April this year, well, but uh, you know, know, we'll see. Any. So, yeah, look, it, it'd be one that I'd just, I just want a little bit cheaper. Okay, yeah. got it. Now, PointsBet is the next on the list. This is for Gwen. She says, will PointsBet's US expansion suffer 
under a scenario of rising interest rates? Should I look to a more established player like Tabcorp, for instance, or just avoid the industry? Interesting question when you consider how volatile this company is. It was out with its uh, quarterly update. I think that was just Friday. Um, after announcing earlier in the month that it had launched iGaming in Pennsylvania, Francesco, there's a lot of hype around this area of the market and the Australians' ability to push into this massive addressable market, which is the United States. But it's competitive even now, Very isn't it? And there's yeah. a lot of uncertainties there. Look at that chart. Yeah. What does that tell you? Yeah, it tells you it's volatile. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, just to address uh, the key to her question on interest rates, um, and, and one thing, if I can just go back to Metcash, I mean, and Woolies, one thing, another mm, thing we absolutely. forgot to mention was the interest rates are, are going to start rising soon. So, bringing that back to the gaming sector, look, uh, yes, it's going to be a negative impact upon the gaming sector, um, but it will be across the board, not just points bet yeah. or any others. Now, I'm not sure what the culture is like in America with gaming, uh, but I know in Australia, um, the studies that I've seen are that you know, during tough times, uh, gaming turnover doesn't decline because actually people actually in some areas increase their gaming because they see that as a, a, bit, a little bit of cheap entertainment, number one, uh, and number two, the potential to increase a bit of mm. uh, a bit of uh, money in in the household as well. So uh, Aussies are real punters, as we know. So um, it's an interesting, um, I suppose, dilemma to, to understand what interest rates might do, uh, particularly in the US. But but um, look, I, I think the growth that their experience is fairly robust in the US, and and and. You know, Australian gamblers do know how people punt and they give people a lot of options. And a good example of that is a friend of mine owns a number of hotels and went to the US on, on an aristocrat conference once. Um, he said to me that the poker machines in the US really only play one, two, maybe three lines. Whereas if you have a look at a poker machine in Australia, and I don't play them myself, you can play up to 20 different combinations across the screen. So I think Australians are probably a little bit more sophisticated in where they punt than, than the Americans. Um, that being said, um, like you mentioned, there's a lot of competition in this space and there's a lot of um, regulation in the US. You, you, you can get a, um, or a approval to, to offer your, your, your gaming site in one state but may not in another. So it's a state-by-state -state based thing. I'm not sure, exactly sure how it works, but yeah, there's a lot of expenses to, to get up and running in those areas. Um, and then you've got obviously COVID and disruptions to, to professional sport, which um, does impact upon uh, the way people gamble as well. I, I, look, I, I, it's a very risky play points bet, like a lot of the other small uh, online betting uh, agencies. On the gaming front, look, we prefer Aristocrat as um, you know, offering technology, and they do offer an online platform. Um, and, and in the, the, the core gaming space, Tabcore, we've got to hold on it. But look, Crown and, and Star are interesting because uh, during lockdown, obviously, people weren't able to go into the casinos. So it'll be interesting to see what their numbers start to put out over the next sort of six to 12 months and see what growth is there. So um, look, um, as far as points bet, our analyst has got a hold on it. But mm -hmm. yeah, it doesn't excite me as far as the, the, risk, prof the, the risk reward sort of thing goes. Uh, because of the competition, um, and I prefer Aristocrat. Thank you. So we've got a preferred there, which is a buy. Aristocrat's a buy, I'm going to say. Mm. That's, that's our bonus buy of the day. Let's call it that. Mark, points bet. It's spending big to gain market share. 
but it's expensive. Do you want to be invested in a company that is spending that much on marketing? It's spending really big. Um, Cost of sales and marketing uh, combined were, you know, were 30 or 40% higher than um, customer receipts. So, and you can see in some of their, um, you know, the the new estates that they're going into, obviously they're offering promotional betting rates, et cetera, and bonus bets, et cetera, and things like that, because their uh, their win rates are fairly, you know, significantly lower in some of those states. Um, I think the viewers on the right track. Um, you probably want to, as we as we discussed with Woolworths and Metcash, you know, you want to be sort of er- erring towards the um, you know the bigger player. Um, yeah, I think Francesco. And we stole my notes today. I've got Aristocrat <laughs> as a buyer here as well, and uh, Tabcorp preferred. But and Aristocrat's been beaten up pretty badly as well. And they've got. Um, now that online gaming sector is is massive when just getting bigger and bigger and bigger um, and tr- and tr- they're going to benefit from foot traffic from reopening as well um, and I and I would assume as you know as will crown and star um, so you know that there's probably better options definitely within the space okay. than points but at the moment um, because there's their fiscal discipline's not high um, mm-hmm. and I and I would assume at some stage I mean I I hadn't really looked at this stock. We we stopped out somewhere in the seven dollar region in November, and I hadn't really looked at it since. It was just off my watch list, and I was extraordinarily surprised to see it at three dollars. Yeah. But mm-hmm. the um, and but and then my immediate instinct was, oh, maybe it's got to be cheap here then. And then I, the more I looked into it, the more I went, no, yeah, yeah. it's not. With, so, with these sort of business, you've got to spend money to make money. Yeah, and and, and if you make the wrong spend. Then it's can't get it back. You can't get it back. No. A, I think there's 170 betting agencies plus in Australia. Yeah. God knows how many there are in the US. So they're going to turn a sport on. Yeah, the, and the names they've got promoting it, the, and you know, the, the US sportsmen are not cheap. No. Um, so yeah, look, it's it's an avoid for me for now. But yeah, I think aristocrats. Are, it's a smart play in the in the space. Particularly to take advantage of the, a little bit more of the reopening well, the, as well. Yeah, these guys, you know, they, you, you turn on the NRL or the AFL, and, and you know, they're sponsoring stadiums, and that mm. doesn't come cheap. Mm-hmm. So, no. and, and you've got to get your name out there. If you don't get your name out there, then the punters don't know who you are, and they won't, yeah. they won't, they won't register with you. Yeah, and there's a network effect as well. Once you get well known and in amongst your friends, I would assume as well, not mm. being a better, a sports better. No, myself. nor am I. <laughs> yeah, no. but we got a bonus buy out of that anyway, as aristocrat for aristocrat, both of our guests. Yeah. So. Good one, guys. Now, believe it or not, we're on the lucky last. And that is New Farm for Stephen. Stephen hasn't given us any context, so I'm going to go straight to you. Francesco, buy, hold, sell, and why? Okay, so our analyst is a hold, but I'm more interested in, and I wouldn't mind, wouldn't mind having a closer look because, um, and, and understanding a bit more about the revenue mix from a regional basis. So obviously they, you know, they're a global company they sell you know uh, herbicides pesticides seeds and so on um, just on the herbicide side of things I mean obviously with the floods we've experienced in eastern Australia um, at some point they're going to have to be using a lot of herbicide to to um, bring back the weeds uh, in certain areas so be interesting to see how that plays out um, the other thing I'll be concerned about is Russia Ukraine uh, and what sort of effect that has on it but the company's already made an announcement and said mm-hmm. that it's uh, not a material impact on their EBITDA so it doesn't have a great contribution there I think most of their earnings are US um, Australia and then Europe mm-hmm. um, so so this interests me um, it's a hold at the moment on our um, on our analysts uh, but it interests me to have a deeper look 
Got it, thank you. Put it on the watch list according to Francesco. What about you, Mark? Buy, hold, sell, and a quick why. Yeah, look, um, the upside seems to be pretty much priced in, and particularly when they came out with the announcement that there was no, not a lot of material effect um, from the Ukraine thing. We've got a really high capex over the next year. Apparently it's about 190 odd million. Um, I'd pr probably prefer uh, Institec pivot sort of within this space, the agricultural space. Um, yeah, I think it's gotten a little bit ahead of itself. If their main market's the US, then look, they're, they're in drought mainly over there. The Australian market, obviously things are doing very well here. So they may benefit, but I mean, if you just have a look at the chart, it's, 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 there's a triple top there. Um, so 2018, 19 and, tw um, and 20, and you know, it's, it's spiked pretty hard, pretty quickly. So I'd be, I'd be a lighten um, at this stage and probably try to buy it back, you know, a little bit cheaper. Um, I think the market's probably expecting far too much out of this. Um, whereas something like Instec Pivot, mm -hmm. obviously, you know, 25 to 30 percent of ammonia and fertilizer production is Ukraine and, and Russia, and there's a huge shortage, and it hasn't rallied. It's probably rallied less than New Farm, um, to be honest. So, um, I'd be maybe looking at, at that instead. Okay. Thank you guys. Look, let me sum it up very quickly. REA Group, as far as macro capital is concerned, there's no point of being really in either of the listed real estate property groups. And so it's a sell, too much uncertainty for macro capital. Look, Francesco says there could potentially be a trade in here, but he's not overly excited by the theme. There's a lot of uncertainty out there. It's not a long-term investment at this time. It's so cyclical. Oz Minerals, it's a clear buy from Mark Gardner at Macro Capital. Not for Francesco. He says that the share price has got ahead of itself. Metcash, look, both of our guys would prefer to be with the bigger players. They don't think that there's anything wrong with Metcash. It's just that um, potentially now is not the time to buy it. You want to get it below $4. If you're Mark Gardner from Macro, Francesco Destratus from Ords has a hold on it. Now, a points bet. It's an avoid uh, for both of them, but it is a buy for Aristocrat. If you're looking for some exposure to that overall, you know, it's different, but overall thematic and uh, that US and the technology behind it as well. New Farm, you just heard the guys discussing it. It's not a buy, it's a hold at best, although Francesco's got it on his watch list and uh, Mark just thinks that the share price might've got ahead of itself. So that is the show for today. Francesco, nice to see you Love again. Love to see you Thank you. Though, Francesco Stratus from Ward Mark Gardner from Macro. Thank you. you as well, thanks for coming in on what looks like a pretty decent day outside the studios here. If you'd like us to cover a stock, email us, thecall at osbiz.com.au. And you can check out that portfolio, osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.